guys, welcome to Cult Film Interview, the podcast where we discuss the films you love, but no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up tonight. We're falling in love. It's not good. She's got a past. And can we get over our emotional bullshit? Can we do it, guys? Do you think we can do that? I can't. And maybe, no. maybe work things out? No. Or, or will we forever be chasing Amy? Because we're talking about Kevin Smith's chasing Amy. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. Clopex. 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 Up yours, baby. Me and Bubba, my little brother, listen to you every night. Where in the hell are we? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hey guys, thanks for joining the cult this week. Uh, we really appreciate it. Do us a favor, head over to iTunes, leave us a review. We'll give you a shout out at the end of the show. Tonight we have one to do. Oh, we have a shout out to do? We have one to do. We got another review. Thank you very much. So we'll be giving that out at the end. Stay tuned for that. Then head over to our YouTube page. Subscribe there. Leave some comments. Subscribe there. Subscribe there. Subscribe. <laughs> Subscribe your name there. I'm sure with the comments. Hey, people in a hurry trying to listen to these podcasts. Someone, yeah, they're you know, probably like short things up. I don't got time for sub. I just have time for scribe. There you go. They know what it means. Right. Okay. Uh, as always, I am joined by Cosmic. Hey, how's it going? Chris Wilmer. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. Hi, everybody. Tonight we are talking about Chasing Amy. It was directed by Kevin Smith. Came out in 1997. Had a budget of $250,000. Made $12 million in the box Mm, office. One, two. Filmed here in the U.S. Has a rating of R and currently sits at 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Cody. Oh yeah! Why'd you oh, pick yeah, this it's movie? Pick. It's his pick, isn't it? Okay, oh, I'll start that over. Yeah. We're always so we're always so used to you just doing it. <laughs> but he picked up on it this time. He yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah, but but the delay was still pretty rough. It was rough, but he got it. We could cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, why yeah. did you pick Chasing Amy? Well, uh, I picked Chasing Amy because I realized uh, we are like what? What is the episode? Is this hundred? 562. One, this is like 150. 150, I think. W- yeah. 149? 150. Okay, so 1,157. I was like, we haven't done um, a Kevin Smith movie yet, and right. he's kind of like a cult director, I would say. Definitely has a very hardcore fan base. Um, we should probably step into this, uh, and I would. I was like, what was probably what I considered, you know, from what I've seen and what I remember, his best film, and so I chose what I thought it was, and that was Chasing Amy. All right. All right. Good cool. stuff. So, Thanks for sharing tonight. Really got right, in no, depth there and how your brain works. It is <laughs> weird that we haven't touched a Kevin Smith m- film until now. Now. Yeah. I touch them all the time. Yeah? yeah? You yeah. just go to your collection and just, just gra- stroke them. Yeah. Every time I <laughs> watch run, an Evening you, Kevin Smith, I just... You just run a finger up the spine. Slowly Ew! up and down the television screen. <laughs> oh, I run up the spine of the Blu-ray. Yeah. What's so, that? The spline. I run my finger up you the gotta, spine. You gotta get it. If you gotta get yeah. it open somehow. If you don't know what this movie's about, <laughs> did you already say that? No, no, we're not gonna get into that yet because I want to know uh, who had not seen this film before. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's gonna yeah. be crickets on that seen one. it. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah. Kyle? Yeah, I've seen it. Mike? Yeah. When's the last time you guys saw it, though? Let's ask that question. Two years ago. I Two saw- years ago? That's pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah, probably ten years ago. Okay. At least. Yeah, that'd probably be... Uh, the first time I saw it, which would probably be 15 years ago. I was probably like eight really? years. I want to say, yeah, wow. I haven't seen that Yeah, I'd, this I'd long. seen it. I'd seen it. You know? 
And uh, so it was kind of cool to go back and, and revisit it. Not uh, fully what I remembered. You know what I mean? Mm. That was a loud breath, whoever that was. <laughs> that was me. That was oh me. God. It was actually for, for effect, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not fully what I remembered it being. And, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I wanted to talk about Kevin Smith a little bit here in the beginning because, uh, I mean, again, he's a cult director and we haven't covered any of his films. So this is the third in the Askew series, which is Interlocking Films, which I think is like Clerk, Small Rats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. And maybe clerks. I don't know. If clerks clerks too. I mean, they add. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. they enter the askew the skewverse. I believe it's called. Is that what they call it? Skewverse. I don't yeah. even know that. Was a <laughs> no, it is view skewverse. So, this anyways, is, yeah, yes. This is his third film, which is also it plays into my series of threes. What? Uh, the series of threes. So. Uh, it's always like every time you watch a, a television sh- uh, series, like you get into it, right? It's usually like the third season. That's the best season because it's like that gives them time to find like their characters and voice and stuff like that. So I feel like as it also plays into like, you know, directors, maybe sometimes music albums, like the third album sometimes. Is oh, the best. I see. I, I disagree you know with that I mean? philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> <laughs> like K- Kill Them All is pretty on, on point. I mean, yeah, it, it happens, but I mean, there's a lot of thirds in a series that were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's probably actually more thirds than none. But, but yeah. that, we're talking about like, you know, you know yeah, well, you're probably I understand, though. more horror movies and stuff like that rather than Even filmmakers music. or artists themselves. I definitely felt when I first saw The Exorcist that. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably not gonna hit their stride <laughs> until they hit number three. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like an artist itself, not so much maybe the the movie. You know what I mean? But the artist itself, as far as like, well, there's a lot of directors that can that continually grow. I'm relating it yeah. to TV shows, but I'm also saying that this is also true in artists and stuff like that. Like, okay, sure. Right. You okay. know, you see, usually like the progression of a director, like their third film is usually you know one of their better films. Third times a charm yeah um <laughs> you heard okay. it you heard yeah. it here first I, I, folks I, that's a cold film review then, original third yeah. times a charm <laughs> times, listen guys this is a theory that you can take to vegas i'm telling you you're gonna win big it'll be staying in the motel six <laughs> <laughs> the series uh, the series of three people people believe in this all right this is gonna be a huge episode because i talk about the series of three on okay this. no let's talk about that because i don't know if i agree with you uh with what you're saying like, in regards to this give me a director. Director. Give me a director give me a director really kevin like, smith well we got one chasing <laughs> no, exactly that's, that's why that's my argument against the point that you're making do you understand what I'm saying to you? I mean, listen, yes, listen, I listen. Out <laughs> <laughs> of fun, I just looked up Will, William uh, Friedkin, who directed Exorcist, to see where that fell. That was number five, so. Yeah. And number four was uh, The French Connection. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, yeah. never I, heard I, of it. I listened to the podcast, so but I know Boys this. in the Band. Never heard Boys of that. Boys in the Band? You ever heard of that? Yeah. It's about you? the boys in the band? Yeah, you uh, know it. You, you know. don't know it. <laughs> Yeah. Hold on, give me like uh look here. Yeah, look up a director that follows that 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 proves your theory correctly. Thank you. We can wait. You're talking about like any director? I'm just saying let's see, Quentin Tarantino. First one was Reservoir Dogs, second one was Pulp Fiction, third one was Jackie Brown. Oh, that's a turd of the That bunch. was actually first the one. failure, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's out of it. Out of all of it. I mean, it, I'm not like, saying it's a bad movie. No, but... it's not a bad movie, but out of all of it, Christian said it was a bad movie, I heard him. What? 
I didn't say that. Actually, I'd like to, I'd like to do it on the show to know Jackie what Brown? I think about it. Jackie, yeah. yeah, I would like to. Uh, of all of Tarantino's films, that's the one I would most want to do because it's the one that didn't connect with me. It's the one that I don't. I remember the least, honestly, and yeah. I don't remember it for a reason, probably. Yeah. What about what about um, you know like the third Back to the Future? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what about that one? What about the third? <laughs> Indiana Jones. Third Back to the Future is pretty. Uh, pretty He's talking good. about the third film that a director has done, not necessarily the third, a third installment. Third. Okay, third so, third. It's coming all right, back. All right, all right, all right. Third film, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Steven Spielberg. Literally the. third. That wasn't his third movie, was it? Yeah. What's his second movie? Jaws. Oh, fucking failure there. But no, I'm just saying. <laughs> what was his first movie? Uh, he really, really didn't duel. <laughs> the Sugarland Express. Where's Duel at? Duel is well. Duel is it's a like TV not movie. listed. I'm not counting TV movies. Oh, okay. Get the fuck out of here! I'm not counting here. TV movies. That means, I'm talking that means Jaws was his third. <laughs> yeah. Uh. No, Jaws was his. Jaws was. <laughs> yeah, still, yeah, no, still a home run though on the third. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> his first was a home run. We reviewed it on the show. We all praised it. I don't know if this is interesting. Is this interesting? I'm interested that you're interested. <laughs> we can cut it down because yeah. this this theory is going nowhere. Okay. No, no, right. I want him to keep keep propelling down this, this yellow bro- brick road of of failure. So you think? <laughs> no, what I want to ask you is, but based on my reaction to it, you think Kevin Smith hit his like? No, th- this is his best film for this time between Clerks, Mallrats, and Chasing Amy. This was the you home thought run. this no, the was ni- his home run. No, for the '90s films, which is Clerks, Mallrats, uh, Chasing Amy, and Dogma. Those are just those are just his first four films. But sure, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You think this is the one? I, where he... I, 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 that hold on now. No, I'm letting you finish. That was the, <laughs> that was yeah. my original thought process of when picking this film. Okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. So going back and watching it. I'm giving you the the give me the can I give backstory here, but still at the time I did think that I still think it's one of his. Let's not get there yet. I don't don't tell us. But I understand what you're saying. You're saying yes. you assumed that, and also like you've probably heard like oh this it's a really good film blah 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 <laughs> like it's no seriously like, no no, no I'm like, thinking about something completely uh, different. Okay, but like I mean it was it, at the time people talked about this movie yes. for some reason because at, Mallrats was a disaster. Too bad. No, I'm just saying that that's, no, that's one of the reasons why I think that this film kind of catapulted. At first, it was Clerks was a big hit. Then he followed up by Mallrats, and Mallrats just didn't do well. And then he came back with this film, and people were like, oh, he's back. This is more of a drama than those first two films, I think. Absolutely. Definitely. I don't know, Mallrats. Yeah, very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely agree with that. Like, this is, and then he just goes out of left field with Dogma on that one, but. I love that film. People, he, tried to, he tried to go too epic. People fucking love that movie. Can I be honest with you? I fucking hate that movie. Really? I really like that I film. I don't like it. Oh, you guys are fucking... Mm-hmm. No, but uh, as a director, I think Kevin Smith is like someone that came out of the, like that indie 90s scene. Sure did. And then definitely had a voice of his own. Uh, definitely, uh, yeah, because no one else was... I mean, people were making films, but not really like like this, where it's more... Like even like, cause Clerks is more about like it's more all, all of his movies seem to be about self discovery. I feel like yeah, yeah, and I mean, but the way that he was doing it, people weren't doing it in like the fucking suburbs of New Jersey. Yeah, he, you he know wrote what about I mean? what he knew, and it really worked, and it connected to a lot of people, and yeah, uh, you know, I I loved I loved his film. I still love a lot of his films, like a lot yeah. of his films. I think they're fantastic. See, I don't I watched know, Clerks like a hundred times, but see, I think he's really good at capturing. The time, I don't know if his movies 
will forever hold up. Clerks will. Clerks is timeless. It's dealing with timeless topical, which the timeless, the timeless I- issue of service employee versus customer. Right. I no, I agree. That's with that. a timeless. That's a timeless. Thing. I agree with that. But Mallrats is going to be something that kids in twenty years cannot fucking like a relic. Even... <laughs> it's a yeah. big talk because it's not really malls anymore. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to really understand. Yeah. Um, but I mean, and then, I mean, like, there's chasing, malls. Don't but... get me wrong. Like chasing Amy is like nineties as fuck. Mm. Yeah, oh, like yeah. with the way it looks, it is so goddamn nineties. Like it, it, it doesn't. Even the subject matter and how they approach it, I feel like doesn't age well. Oh, well, we'll talk about all the other things that yeah. age in this film. <laughs> <laughs> that age. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of crow's feet. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's another yeah. thing. Yeah, uh, and then you, you know, Dogma was just to me wasn't like I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't. Dogma's a mixed bag for me. I like it. I like and it. I like it, and there's some parts I don't like about it. I, I like. I like the, the army, concept. I don't like the heavy hand. It's the army of it. darkness of <laughs> of Kevin yeah. Smith. Yeah, but I like army of darkness. I, <laughs> I like. Uh, I like my my favorite Kevin Smith is the one that also you just refuted the, the same, cartoon, the th- third film. Thing. Is the what? Yeah, you did. You refuted your own argument just now. What? No, he didn't say films though. That wasn't uh, Sam Raimi's third film. What was his third film? Oh, Dark know. Man. Sure, like something. The Dark Man come out before. <laughs> the Gift come out before Darkness? that. I don't know. Yeah, I. I, I was no matter. Anyways, uh, yeah, no, I like Kevin Smith when he's more on the on the cartoon thing, like Jane Silent Bob. I like those. Yeah. Those thing. I thought Dogma was very out there and outlandish and really. So you like the weird. more like. Wacky, getting high, dick and fart jokes, Kevin Smith. Uh, yeah, I like the I like the ones that really also revolve a lot around Jay and Silent Bob. Mm. Yeah, like I think those are two I two great to look characters. At you. I wouldn't have put that together either. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Because they have this is the, the the I think this is the only movie that they only appear in like one scene chasing Amy. Yeah, they only appear one scene in this. Movie. Yeah, and I think that's the only movie that that happens in, in yeah. the, the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yep, because they, they don't really fit in this film with I their think, kind of background. I think they're in the background of Red State somewhere. You know, they're not. They're not. <laughs> I don't think they're in the background. Like, we showed Red up State. the wrong place. <laughs> no, the the skew the skew series, not just Kevin Smith's movie. <laughs> universe. I'm universe. Fucking, how fucking funny would that be? They yeah. show up and that's his horror movie, right? I haven't. That's one I haven't. Red seen. State. I mm. I like Tusk that. That's a good film. Probably a horror than Red State. I've heard that like the yeah. Canadian the, the Canadian trilogy that he's doing is not very or whatever it is is not very good. Well, oh, with like yoga hosers. Here's the thing, yeah. I, I, I didn't. I don't think Tusk is that bad of a film. Actually, no, I, I thought it was I, a pretty solid. I story. didn't see all of it, but from what I saw, I wasn't. I was yeah, interested. It was into like, it. it. It seems like if Eli Roth and uh, Kevin Smith got together and said, "Let's make a film together," um, but um, yoga hosers, I haven't even gotten through yet. I can't. I don't. <laughs> I, don't see, I, think, I haven't seen. I haven't seen uh, Tusks yet, but I, I've seen Red State. And I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it, yeah, Red I thought really it was I thought it was a really intelligent uh, suspense thriller and had like a had a great fucking ending to it too. So. I just I thought the movie was good and I loved that a director that kept, well, like Kevin Smith would do something like that. Well, that's yeah. when he quit. That's when he quit Hollywood, right? Basically, because he did he had did uh, what was it Jersey Girl, Clerks to Zach and Mira make a porno and uh, Cop Out. Cop Out was and the then, one that made him. I yeah, think quit Hollywood, soured right? him on Hollywood because that was his first film that he never wrote. He didn't write Cop mm. Out. 
He didn't like being that oh, kind of director. He, he likes to direct his own stuff. And then he came back with Red State, and I think right. he funded that himself. I know. I think he funded Tusk himself, or mm-hmm. and and Yoga. I really liked Zach and Mary making porno. Though. That's a good movie. I don't mind that film at all. Yeah, I like That's that a film great too. Movie. Right. And it's funny as hell. It is funny. But it did, I I think that one notoriously did bad, and I think that was also one of the films that he got slack from Hollywood for because it was like Seth Rogen was huge at the time. And they were like, oh, you you know. You like, bombed with Seth. You Rogen. had you had you had stars and you couldn't you know and then I think cop out too. They had Bruce Willis, so oh, maybe those yeah. just aren't the the right films for him. Every director's got no. a few. Well, like I like yeah. I, like I was saying before, there's definitely like so there's definitely a style to Kevin Smith, right? So the first three films are these <laughs> like these weird they're like very '90s, and then like Dogma and uh, Jay and Silent Bob Straight Back and Jersey Girl are very early 2000s. Even Clerks 2 is. I've never seen Jersey Girl. Jersey Girl is, that's more of like a heartfelt Yeah, that was like a, he romantic got a comedy. lot of shit for doing that one. I didn't from hate that. Fan, I actually the, don't hate that film. No, from his fan base, he got a lot of shit for Oh, that yeah. Well, because it's not really like... It's not like, dick and fart whoa, jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, Star Wars like, it's about him becoming a father. <laughs> and then, um, you know, Zach and Mira make a point. Then he went like the Hollywood route, which was, you know, I would say probably... Zach and Mary make a porno. I don't know. Top out. I feel Zach and Mary is a is a Kevin Smith film. That's Pretty a Kevin Smith film handy, through and yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh huh. I think it's got a bigger, a nicer polish on it than most it, of his it, other it, films. Sure, he it, it has the, if, it, if it yeah if it has the polish, it's the polish of a mature director. But well, it's and, not but the polish. You got, you got a budget, budget too. It's not really and polish. Let's be honest. Like Harvey Weinstein had more money at that time to probably give him. That's true. Not anymore though. Not anymore. We don't know that. All right, so. Fucking Chris. After talking about Kevin Smith, let's head For over 33 minutes. to everyone's favorite time of the show. We're talking about plots with Mike. Mike? <laughs> For all of you out there who have not seen Chasing Amy, I'm about to uh, chase you down and explain it to you. Not blow your mind, but just uh, really just go over the basic of it. Um, this is not going to be a- a- exciting or entertaining. Chasing Amy stars two characters, Holden and Banky. Uh, they created a comic, Blunt Man and Chronic. Uh, Holden is like kind of the more creative force behind it. Banky is like the colorist, but they're they're good friends. They've been working together very closely. Um, they meet up with a girl named Alyssa, who also is a comic artist herself. Um, and as they kind of and her and Holden, they kind of have a moment. Kind of, I guess you could call it a moment. They they strike up a friendship. Let's put it that way. And uh, Banky's very interested. You don't really know where Alyssa is, but she might be into him. We're not exactly sure at this point. Um, as they kind of get closer, they become friends, and then he realizes that uh, Alyssa's actually a lesbian. So this his ideas of a romantic relationship are somewhat dashed. So he decides to try to go on the friendship route, uh, but he falls in love with Alyssa, and uh, one fateful night. On a stormy night, as he's driving her home, he uh, professes her his love to her, and at first she's a little angry, but then all of a sudden, in a sw- in a surprise twist, she's like, "Hey, all right, I'm into this. Actually, I let's let's start a relationship. They become boyfriend and girlfriend." But later on through the film, he kind of starts to learn about her history, her past sexual history, which involves uh, times where she didn't. He, he was under the assumption that she had always only been with women this whole time, and he might have been the first man. He finds out very quickly that is not necessarily the case, and uh, he really just can't take it. And then from there, it's really kind of like a guy trying to get a girl back uh, uh, in the only way that he knows how to. <laughs> and then that kind of film goes off the rails from there. 
That is Chasing Amy. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about Chasing Amy. Yeah, Holden, it's true. In fact, everything you heard or dug up on me is probably true. Yeah, I took on two guys at once. You want to hear some gems you might not have unearthed? I took a 26-year-old guy to my senior prom and left halfway through to have sex with him and Gwen Turner in the back of a limo. Or how about in college when I let Shannon Hamilton videotape us having sex, only to find out the next day he broadcasted on the campus cable station. They're all true, Holden. Didn't you know I am the queen of suburban legend? You, you, you saw that fucking film? Uh, so let's get back here into the show. We're talking about chasing Amy, if you're just joining us. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just imagine some dude like, in. Like, like <laughs> randomly choosing a podcast and like his girlfriend was watching it 15 minutes before and then he was just like yeah I was just oh, I don't even know it well okay yeah oh, I'm, uh, like she, like he just got yeah. in the yeah. car like, yeah. and she well, had already started we it left, yeah. yeah they they left it playing yeah. while they got around yeah. the car and, and they came back like I gotta, hold, I gotta be back before that the commercials happens, no that happens to me I turn off my car my radio turns off but yeah. my phone keeps going yeah that happens to me all the time I can say to you honey honey what is this yeah. what am I getting gas uh, if you're just joining Cold us it's Cold Film have you heard of it that's why I do. Uh, no, I, I haven't. That. Well, you're not the only one. Tonight we're talking about chasing Amy. If you're just joining us, um, and it was my pick. It came out in 1997. Very important thing to know. Mm. Uh, so one of the things I just guess I was going to start off of what I kind of dislike most about this film. Ooh, it's going to come out swinging, right, going hard. Let's okay. do it. Yeah, Let's do it. Throw them, throw them both. You know, because I remember, <laughs> I, I remembered it being like the most, like at the time, I remembered it being like, ah, oh, this is probably the most artistic Kevin Smith film that you know that I re- remember being out of the three, even though I disagree with that now. Um, but, you know, going back and watching it, it's, it's, <sighs> there's like, the script writing is, and I guess it was written for, nope, to be take place in high school, which makes more sense. What? Than fucking, I don't know, what are they, 30? Wait, 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 <laughs> what? Yeah, they're, they're pushing 30. For sure, yeah. I don't know. You ben Affleck's this, always looked thirty-five. You said this was <laughs> written for school. Yeah, it was like it a, was, it was written, be like a teen thing yes. with the plans of being taking place in high school. I, yeah, didn't, I didn't know. Read, it, but I didn't read that anywhere. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe he did. I read it because <laughs> uh, what I read is that this was all totally based off of a story. This uh, is based off of real life. This is it based is. off of his his co-producer and his co-producer who kind of fell in love with this lesbian filmmaker that they met when Clerks first showed at cons. And it is, and it's also based off of his relationship at the time with, um, uh, what's her name? Joey uh, Lauren Adams? Yes. Okay. So it's also based off of that, too. And then it was originally going to take place, think about it, man, like, the, to, to kind of break this down, let's be honest, the argument that they have, and this is jumping way ahead, the argument that they have in the um, parking lot of the hockey rink, right, is, like, the most fucking ridiculous thing as someone in their 30s, the most ridiculous fucking thing I've ever heard an argument about for adults. Uh, I think there are way worse arguments. <laughs> I think there are way worse conversations. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, no one's like, I. you know what? In your 30s, you know people got a fucking past. It's not like a surprise. Right, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, in your 30s, you're like, yeah, I figured you've, you've you, you know, <laughs> finger cuffs happened at like, some point. My thought on uh what's his name ben affleck's character mm. is 
did he ever have a girlfriend in his life? Because he comes off almost as like he has no experience with anybody in his past who maybe had a past who maybe like, you know, he went through shit. Like, I mean, is this guy like a total like virgin or something? Like what's going on? I don't know, man. I kind of, I can kind of see that element to it. I kind of thought it was just like a, I mean, I'm just going to say it. Ben Affleck's terrible in this fucking movie. He's (laughs) fucking terrible. I I just feel like his performance, his performance or his delivery of that character is kind of an end result of that because I couldn't tell either. Is he not know what a relationship is or is he just not convincing me as an audience that he knows what a relationship is? This is during the time where Ben Affleck was like notoriously known for being a bad actor. I feel though. was it? Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, he was, he was like. Pearl, I remember Pearl Harbor was like the like <laughs> the the peak of like. Oh man, like why do we keep putting this guy? In the film? <laughs> but you know he's gotten better. Like Argo, he's yeah, no, he has. But I agree, Fucking man. Phantoms. <laughs> I agree, man. Like I can't. He's hard to watch in this movie. Mm. Mm. I he feel is hard okay. To watch. So Cro- yeah. you know, we did a movie with Cronenberg where we could assume that the lead actor was like a Cronenberg like character, right? Um, do you think that this is like supposed to be the Kevin Smith in a sense? No. Like, no, I actually no. don't because no. Kevin Smith has never come off to me as the type of dude that like has a problem with girls' sexuality. Okay, you know. Um, I think you and I were kind of talking about. We that were talking about. It. I think, and I think the. I think what we kind of came down to was like. Um, are we talking about? Uh, I think Banky's character. Banky, no, I actually have. I think Banky character represents a small piece of Kevin Smith when you're talking when you're talking about the the story of where this comes from, which is Kevin Smith being the voice of reason for his co-producer, who was okay. falling in love with this this uh, this this director uh, in real life. But I think Banky's also just like the really weird. The rest of him is just the kind of obnoxious character. Bank, ba- but Banky's. Also a buffoon who's also he, a homophobe. He, he absolutely is, yeah. And I don't think that aspect is Kevin Smith's. I think the aspect where yeah. he is kind of trying to be the voice of reason, like, what the fuck are you doing? She's fucking lesbian. It's not going to work out. Why are you even, like, pursuing this shit? I think that aspect of it is Kevin Smith in this movie. I mm. thought the aspect of Kevin Smith in this movie was the fact that it was the being, being afraid of not being, uh, like, adequate enough. I guess is like you know the the whole thing that that uh, Ben Affleck's character goes through of of you know her having the more experience and that weirding him out like was really what that's really what it was because that's the whole end speech too. I think that was more of the Kevin Smith. What 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 why? Because it, 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 he said that what he, part of that speaks to Kevin Smith himself as a. Well, no, because he said he wrote a, like part of the inspiration was between his relationship and. Uh, Joey Lauren now? Yeah. So, but like, specifically about that. But he specifically I said that? No, or? no, I don't know if that's his, but that's what I related it to. Uh, that's a... That's, like, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was nothing. Maybe, like, it's not like every person yeah. writes themselves into a... Like, this, you know, writes themselves into their own scripts. I, I Look, as far as this film is concerned for me, like, this film, out of all of Kevin Smith's entire film, feels the most dated. Not just because it comes from the 90s, but because the conversation it has about homosexuality and, and like, gender biases is, is we're so beyond it at this point in time that they sound like something that's coming out of a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the one that... The, the, the conversation that I thought was the most, yeah. like, sophomoric was 
his conversation with Alyssa about how do lesbians have sex? Mm-hmm. Like to me, where I'm just like, is it this outlandish? Like, did it, this guy can't figure out? He doesn't consider sex between two women as being sex. Technically, it sounds like something a, a freshman would come well, up with. But, freshman in high school. Well, that's what to I'm saying. Ju- to jump on to that, like of all of Kevin Smith's films, for me, the dialogue and the writing is so heavy-handed and so like contrived almost like mm. like what you were just saying i want to tell the audience how a lesbian has sex right. so i'm gonna fucking go through this whole thing and it just seems so like it almost seems arrogant in a way yeah. like that it is it again like a like a white man yes explaining lesbian That's, sex. That, is, that is all i it, it's funny this is the first time this is the first time i can honestly say like i've watched a movie and i could feel like the background of the writer. Right. Yeah. right. This is the first time I was ever watching a movie and I'm just like, I'm listening to them having these conversations about, oh, how, how lesbians have sex. And they're like, they're, they're doing the fucking back and forth thing about they're showing their battle scars. And and then it, it, it got to the scene where, where he professes his love to her. And I'm just like, God damn, this was written by a fucking like white straight dude, like through and, and through. Like it has no, oh, it I agree, 100%. does not feel genuine. So let's say that, that maybe that's where it is then. I mean, if we're going to talk about where did Kevin Smith put his voice into this film, and as much as I like Kevin Smith and I think he's, you know, he's not, he's not a he's not definitely like a homophobic type of person. No. I think he's a very open and fairly liberal type no, of this guy. No, you gotta remember it's 1997. He's writing about a subject that he doesn't know about. He's definitely, yeah, his ignorance is the thing that shows out the most it's glaringly obvious oh, in this film. More than anything. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, and the fact, too, like, again, and, and this is on IMDb, so take it as, as you will, Kyle, but it says, before Mall Rats 1985 was released, Kevin Smith had written this movie as a teen flick in the same vein as Clueless, taking place in a high school. Uh, so, and then when the, it was a fail in the box office, the other one. Uh, they had to switch, like, the setting and, they, and the, shit. Yes. I yeah. mean, so I, de- the, I definitely feel like it would have been it. a little bit more effective if it was, because then I it could forgive... Been. Fucking some I, stupid I white mean, guys talking. I still can't see. I agree. But it's still it's still not. But that being said, being it as a dated film, I, I don't even think you can watch a high school film yeah. where this type of dialogue takes place. Where where kids where you're like kids know better now. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> Live in a world mm-hmm. of porn is at yeah. your fingertips. Like kids know what gay sex is and how it works. Like right. they're not idiots. Right. Actually, and going back to that, that is the second part of that is probably my favorite scene. That that scene. The second part of that is probably my favorite scene in the movie. Where What's they're, that? Where they're going over the scars. The reason why is if you that's Jaws. Yeah, well, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's, that's Jaws. Jaws. And I that, thought it was such a cool it, like it's, little throw it's, in. It's, it's funny. fun that they threw that in there, but it doesn't make, it make the content. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say enjoyable. Though. Like, yeah, it's a cool throwback, but I just had such a problem with so much of the conversations and oh dialogue God, yeah. and how they were presented. And I realized that Kevin Smith is all about this quick wit. Everybody's got the cool answer <laughs> yeah. kind of bullshit, right? Like everybody's, <laughs> everybody's funny. Everybody's knows exactly what to say at that next moment. But this one, it just felt painful oh, almost yeah. to listen to. I was like, Oh my God, like what? This is a huge conversation piece. This whole movie, it's all it is, is talking in different locations. Yeah. And it's like these long monologues where people are just so, you know, like pouring over this thing and 
you know, and then there's this quick whip, you know, like joke or something or punchline at the end. And I'm like, normally I can do a deal with it. Mallrats had it. Clerks definitely has it. It's his style of writing. But in this one, it just hurt it, well, me. <laughs> it, it, yes. And that, that was like my biggest issue watching this movie was anytime, anytime any kind of like real emotional context happened on screen, the person would be like, we'll use the, we'll take the example of the, the fight outside of the hockey ring. Like, when when Joey Lauren um, Adams Adams it's it, it, uh, <laughs> got three three names you know what okay, we're gonna call her call her Joey J La J Adams <laughs> old John Adams <laughs> Jonathan when they're outside Adams. when they're outside the hockey rink fighting and she kind of is like pouring out like fuck you I have a past type of thing like. There are so many moments, like every conversation, uh, uh, to relate it to pop culture, every conversation feels like the end of Return of the King. It yeah. just keeps happening. And you think they hit a point. They're like, okay, point driven home. Oh, I'm going to hit it some more and more and more, and then I'm going to hit it again. And and like, it was just so painful. And it was it, it even transcended the dialogue that was written in this movie. Because at the very end of this movie, uh, um, Bank and... Uh, and What's Ben Affleck's character's name? Holden. 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 Holden, like, share this fucking way too long glance <laughs> back and forth at a different comic. Con- this is after they've parted ways yeah, and, right. and Banks over there signing stuff for his new comic. And, and Holden just kind of peers around the corner and they lock eyes and then, like, nod. And then he nods. And then they nod again. Then he nods. And they do a hand sign. <laughs> they do a hand sign. Then they nod again. And then he nods. And yeah. then they nod one more time. And it's like, that was fucking real time. I had to watch that. Like, it is just so, there's so much slow, dragged out, painful shit in this well, movie. I, you have to convey <laughs> emotion with the camera when you can't do it with your main a- actor and Ben Affleck. Yeah, but my, my point being, he nailed it in the first two glances. The rest of it was like extra takes. Am I am I alone on this? I might get attacked here. I don't know yet, but I don't think Joey Lauren Adams was a strong enough actress for this role. Like, uh, I think she's cute and she's 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 cute to look at and she's like got a personality, but I just here's the thing. it was too it's especially all the yelling and screaming and arguing. It I, just didn't I, fit her. It just I didn't just, fit. No, I actually disagree with you. I think the problem was. Like the 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 I actually think the fight outside the hockey rink is one of the worst scenes in the movie. Um, that I, I mean, the, just the argument alone and the argument is so retarded. Fucking I stupid. can't even stand it. Like I, I'm like, you guys are th- in your fucking thirties. No, no, You're it's all Ben. A- it's all Ben Affleck's character. Her, her yeah, she no, she is in the right. Yeah. She's like, fuck you. I have a past. So does every well, adult human in the world. <laughs> yes, and he's like a he's like a baby. And he's like he's, he's like, like a little baby. But I yeah. thought you were just a lesbian. How am I supposed to go on knowing oh, you God. fuck someone else? That's, it's like I don't know. Everyone's fucked someone ex- else. That is exactly <laughs> an argument a fucking high schooler would have. I think I remember having that argument. Yeah, uh, I think to go off of your question though, I I. I'm going to agree with you, but slightly disagree. I'm going to say, yes, I don't think she's a very strong actress, but put up against Ben Affleck, I thought she shined. <laughs> like a motherfucker. She like shined pretty well, because yeah. some of, her, yeah. right, like some of her, her arguments and some of her, her, her rants, uh, I think the, especially the one when it's raining and after he professes love, I think, I think her argument to him is like fucking spot on and, and performed well. I think I just have a problem with her yelling voice uh, I, l- I always, thought, uh, I always had a crush on her I was like, I'm not gonna lie yeah, <laughs> that, yeah I'm gonna agree with Chris here I, I think that Joey Lauren Adams 
like it, it there's a lot of screaming. She gets really I, yeah. I mean, it's just, I like, it's just the, like the movie Casino. The bit, the good, the good, the the the, the, pod, the two good actors in this is Jason Lee and Dwight Ewell. Mm. Those are the two good actors. I feel that <sighs> that's true. That kind of n- driving them. I'm I glad did, you I, brought up Dwight L. Cooper X. Loved that character. Yes, that he's <sighs> he's. <laughs> I, I liked. It. I, I liked it. It was so funny. I thought it was great. Yeah, he was over the. T- it, it was. Uh, I thought the character was a little over the top. But I think it was, that's what the there was point. also a little bit of like now it's a straight white guy talking about race relations sometimes. Yeah, there, I mean there were some parts. <laughs> there, I want to. I want to. I want to stop from the the Kevin Smith bashing a little bit to talk about. There are things that I feel he does get right. I don't think this is bad. There, there are moments. We're just bashing a film. We're just bashing a, right. Yeah, bashing of a film, not Kevin Smith personally. Well, he wrote yeah. the film. Yeah, but again, this That's is why proxy. You gotta, count. You gotta, this is like ninety. <laughs> this is also ninety-seven. Like, no, listen, there. All there, right, what, what do you want to go to? Fine, we won't bash Kevin Smith until there are you're some done talking. I, I, I did like about the film, or I was kind of like, yeah, that's you know, like that. That's a meaningful thing. I thought actually, since we're attacking the whole outside the hockey rink scene, there is a scene, there is a part in that argument where Joey Lord Adams kind of says. Maybe it was easy for you being a white male that you had everything from point A to point B, and that's how sexuality worked for you. For me, it was different. Somebody that was confused. Mm-hmm. I had to try everything to get where I was. That was that was something that even when I saw this film, and then even like when I saw it now, I was kind of like, "Yeah, man, you take that for granted being a straight white male. Yes. Like, you know, like you take that for granted when you're when the world is saying this is how things work." And you're part of that world, and it works out just fine for you. Yeah, but like, and that doesn't work out for everything. Um, on the other side, also Hooper X's uh, statement when he makes it makes a point to say, not only am I a black male, but I'm also a gay black male. So mm-hmm. I got like all of these. Like I live in a world that is so far removed from you speaking the Holden right. that like I mean, try to even think where like you you can't you can't right like, and. I, there is a part of me that kind of sees that as being like an endearing thing Kevin Smith understands. It's like, I really don't understand this. But then again, why did he fucking tackle There's some it? nuggets <laughs> in here. There are yeah, some yeah. nuggets. There's yeah. some there's some truth bombs and like some some real like moments of realization about certain things that I think he does get right. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. But I think it's crowded by a lot of just banter yeah. about mm-hmm. nothing. I do wanna know? I do wanna add another nugget because I think it's probably one of my favorite nuggets, which is the uh <laughs> It's I the, thought we were gonna say nugget. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say nugget I, two more all, times. It feels good when I can call someone else out for doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it going back to the uh, the argument um, when it's raining? Yeah. And and fucking Holden says there's a transitional period, and she's like, a transitional period. I'm fucking gay, you idiot. Like. I thought that was a really. I thought that was like. I thought there was like some honesty, some truth. I thought it was a great line. It was a great line because because it really illustrated like how much of an immature opinion that is. Right, and 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 it would be if he just fucking backfires on it when she comes fucking running back and kisses him. I think that's poor writing. Yeah, yeah, that transition happens. Not that's not a transition. That is a fucking that that is a switch turning on. (laughs) That all of a sudden she realized like maybe not. That part felt so much like a writer had written himself into a, a, a corner. He's like, well, I need the story to progress, so she's just going to judge. She, they'll just kiss right now, and then I can move on to the next act of my story. That's how it felt, because it did not feel genuine. Can I ask this question, though? Do you think that by the end of the film, it's kind of summed up that she's just a free lover? She doesn't really have any boundaries as far as what sex? No. Uh, I think... No. Um, 
I think that um, because you have the be- well, you have the beginning of the finger cuff story, which you know. Well, now she says that uh, in the fight in the rain, she says that she was the one that wanted it from for the finger cuff situation, like yeah. that she was into this exploring, and that she kind of just had given up on men at that after that point, and then just had been with women since. And this is the first person that she's just felt like is right. It was just holding. Yeah. Which I don't think. So now I like, you know what I mean? I don't know if she was, if it was just always perpetual motion of self-discovery where it's just like, she's just open. Well, but that's I, what I'm thinking. Like finger cuffs. I think that was like one of probably many crazy sexual experiences. From the way she made it sound. Well, yeah. I, but here's the, here's the place where I, I feel. And, and if I remember historically, this is kind of where the film did get a lot of slack from like the LGBT community, namely about, him kind of missing the mark on either sexual fluidity or even bisexuality was like this idea that like somehow she had talked herself out of being bisexual and just automatically could switch on to being straight. And like, she never makes that point to say like, yeah, I I think if this film was done again, the argument would have been, well, I never said I was a lesbian. I just said that I had, you know, like, yeah. like I'm bisexual. Or what? Why do I have to put a label on it? Like even nowadays, there isn't even this 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 mo- notion of look, maybe, maybe I'm just attracted to who I'm attracted to and yeah. I don't have to put a big uh, thing on it. This film makes it seem like, again, like sexuality can be confused even in your 30s and you can yeah. choose not to be, yeah, like yeah. you can just shut off the man <laughs> attraction yeah. or the woman attraction yeah. and just go one way, I think which I don't think is the case. obviously attracted to men. Like, I mean, because she, you know, explored with men early on and like, I th- but I think what what she what the point they were making was that their relationship was so strong as f- like a friendship, you know, that it kind of swayed her into trying a you know uh, male female relationship and seeing where that what goes. Do you, I don't know if I would say she was attracted to men. She she clearly says like it wasn't easy. I had to try this, try that, try this. So. I think maybe she initially tried things that she thought she was supposed to try, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, it was kind point. of part of her journey. Um, the with the with with like why she ended up breaking and suddenly becoming straight again. Like um, Sammy kind of because I watched it with, with my girlfriend and and she kind of explained it to me as like you know that whole scene, the whole reason she even like flips out is because. When he professes her lo- his love to her, he completely shatters the fantasy that she had. And the fantasy that she had was that she is with a guy who is good friends but doesn't have to take take into the relationship kind of aspect of it. And he just professed his love to her. Well, yeah, that ruined... And, and, and completely <laughs> ruined what she had going. And so she just... She, she went for it because they had some history and she wanted to kind of not lose the friendship, so explore the possibility of what he wants. Well, it's also yeah. an entirely dick move on it his part. It is such a dick move. Yeah, to, to try to be profess like... Profess your love to your, somebody who's a friend. Right, like you're <laughs> going... when, when You should and, do that early a on. Note, yeah, or... a note to anybody out there. Like, listen, yeah. if, if there's a girl that you're into... Wait like, 10 years. Don't... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wait 10 years. Wait, wait 10 years, establish wait 10 a years. lot of great memories. Yeah. <laughs> One that's just friends. platonic and then just sneak it on in there. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a dick move, man. Like, you go in it there is. and you and you perfect... You, you should let, make your, your uh, intentions, intentions known to anyone known. Yes. ahead of time. Like, right. you shouldn't go into a thing and pretend and, like you're friends and then all of a sudden and drop things. And if you things. get shot down and you like, you know what, I still 
like this person though. I'm not like boned about. Then yeah, you can pursue the friend side. I of think it. He's, you can try. I think <laughs> you try. Yeah. yeah. Do you think? But get over your fucking feelings. Do you think he tried first. friend zone though, or was he always? Or was there always an agenda? There was. I, 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 I don't. It seems agenda. like to me like there is always kind of an agenda. He was always. Yes. He was always head over heels. Yes. Yeah. So the, he never even had the opportunity to consider it as just always going to be a friend thing. Yeah. Trish and Amy. What? What did you say? You're chasing Amy. What do you look so shocked for, man? Fat bastard does this all the time. He thinks just because he don't say anything, it'll have some huge impact when he does open his fucking mouth. Jesus Christ, why don't you shut up? I was yap, yap, yapping all the time. Give me a fucking headache. I went through something like what you're talking about a couple years ago with this chick named Amy. When? A couple of years ago. Would she live in Canada or something? Why don't I remember this? Bitch, what you don't know about me, I'm just about squeezing the grand fucking canyon. Let's talk about the fucking most painful scene to watch. <laughs> oh, the, the final scene? The fucking, yeah. In yeah. the Let's have a sit down and talk about the threesome because we have to do this for our <laughs> love oh to God. work <laughs> I was, speech. I wanted to, <laughs> Holy I wanted to shit. fucking die watching uh, that. Because I, I forgot where this movie went. It's so been so long. Like, so when it happened, I was like, wait. And it, what pissed me off was just like, wait a minute, you just listened to Silent Bob's Chasing Amy story, and this is what you took away from it? Yeah. We need to have a threesome. Well, yeah. and, like, and also, that was a long Jesus. story. You can tell by both of their reactions, this is not going well. Yeah, Like, no, take a definitely. cue. Like, and, and, and for that, I also feel like the scene probably could have worked a little bit better uh, he, if it was more comedically driven. Yeah, unless It kind of comes off super, well, yeah, because it's serious. Uh, rapey? Uh, I don't. Say, I, wouldn't, rapey. I wouldn't say. Rapey. I wouldn't say say rapey. Desperate. The, the fucking way he delivers it. Um, dude, is we have to. do I guess this. so. It does. No, we need to do this. Yeah, he, it was. Little, I won't it give was up on weird. it because I want to do this. One thing I <laughs> did like about this scene, though, no. is Shut yes, up. yes. The one thing I did like, <laughs> I like her response to it. Yeah, yeah oh, no, good. I yeah, liked her good. response yeah, to it. She said, "I want to be with you because I want to be with you, not to." be doing all this crazy shit that I came from, you yeah. know, basically. And I, I thought, did it I thought, all, I'm done. Again, yeah. he misses the point. I'm not he's, in that place anymore. He's taking her past and trying to relabel it into the present. Right. And her whole thing is like, look, these are these are in times in my life and they're not, like, they don't follow well, through. And she's not willing to share him, then, you know what I well, mean? Of course, like, that's, because... that's the That's what she, how she feels about yeah. him. And that, to me, was like a powerful statement because it's like, I don't want to do that with you because I care about you more. Right. Yeah, no, and I thought that was, a, I do think that was another one. That's one of those nuggets of perfect. Uh, yeah. Like, it's, like, it's, it's, did, even, did, was, that, was anybody else just, just be like, just full of just such frustration with how ignorant the character of Holdren is just yes. in general? Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, but God. I, but that's I, why I said he's a virgin or something. Like, so, how does he not he's know? So, he's so <laughs> ignorant, even to the fact that like people are offering him advice and input. And he's just, just kind of like, Oh, I get it now. I need to rape her. It's like what? I need to have a threesome with her. Where and my did you best get friend. that from? I do want to say one thing that uh, this film. I feel like it, like I bought champagne for that night. By the way, anybody yeah, else notice right. that shit? <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Like, you just needed a little bit of liquid courage to give to the two of them, and they'd be like super into this. <laughs> so, so I got four bottles. You're right, Cody. This uh, is a rapey fucking thing. <laughs> it, it, it comes off creepy. Um, he's, got, he's got the scented candles. Mm. It does not. This this scene does not age well. Well, I, but I do want to say one thing that I feel like this film uh, it gets a lot of slack for, and I've I, and I've never, I, I I've personally watched it and never seen it this way. 
Uh, Banky and Holden, they they get a lot of slack for being kind of ignoramuses a little bit. And I think that some people have kind of looked at this film as being like, this is the voice that the film is trying to go, or this is what it's trying to say. Like, there's a, I know there was one line that Banky says where he says, like, well, all good women just want a dicking, and, <laughs> like, every woman is just yeah. waiting for a good dick, and that's why they're lesbians, is because they haven't found one yet. Like, Ugh, I think that's the, the, the thing to point out, I think, about Holden and Banky is that it doesn't work out for either one of them. Like, no one ever takes Banky seriously. Right. And Holden doesn't get the girl at the end. Mm-hmm. So in that, I want to do. I, I do want to point out that I don't think that Kevin Smith is trying to say he's not glorifying. He's it. not glorifying any. He's not. It's that's not even his position. I think he is really saying that. Yeah, Holden's a fucking idiot, and all these things that he's doing, like, are just. It's a tragedy. Like he's got more lessons to learn in life. He's still right, right. <laughs> because it's not like at the end of it, like yeah. they get back together. Although it does, there is a moment that kind of feels like, wait, does she? Do no. they call up, call each other up at the end of the fucking? I yeah. didn't get that feeling. You didn't think so? No, because like I, I, I said the whole time, I thought that woman she was with was like her lover. Could have been. Yeah, could have been. Um, it's just, uh, but I think I think that's telling. Is that Holden? Everything that Holden is saying, everything that he's doing, he's not really the protagonist. He's really like the tragic figure that just is too fucking stupid. He's ne- he's go he's, he's going tragic- down a path. He's tragically retarded. I think they. Well, w- it, it's it's painful to watch him in the sense that it's fucking yeah. tragic. Like get get it together. He does learn no, by the end of it when he writes the comic. I think he does figure it out. Ooh yeah. ooh, me next. No, I don't think he does. You really don't think that when no, he wrote it down in a fucking, comic book, he's writing it down in a comic book. And they feel like he goes back to see her and give it to her in the atten- <laughs> with the intention of, yeah. here, I did actually, this for you. I'm better now. I, no. I, I, actually, I when, when, you explain, when you explain that, it does feel like it a, does a feel pretty like sad that. thing someone, someone would Look do. Look at his face. He's like super into it. And she's like, I feel like she's kind of like crying a little bit because and like a little upset. She's like, oh, uh, like, he still doesn't get he it. He still doesn't fucking get it. I actually no, can kind of see that now. First of all, we can't. I assumed from the way the scene plays out is that whatever is written in the comic, and we don't know what's written in the comic, is that it is a tale about his fuck up. I can only assume oh, since the movie seems like is an a apology. tale. I, no, no, no. Yeah. Seems like an apology. I agree with that. I don't disagree with that. I, I agree that's 100% what that is, but I feel like Holden shows up at that event to show her that book with the fucking intention of Maybe it'll win her over. The, maybe yeah. this is going to win her over. Maybe not now, but when she right, reads it, right. she'll well, call I me. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I think I would. There's there's at least an ounce of it in there. Like, it might not be much, but it's, it is it is like a slight attempt to get her attention. I'll say I, say I did not feel that at all while watching the movie, but now that you've said it, I can see it. You know, so. maybe he knew he was going to get shot down, but, you know, whatever. He, he wanted to... So I think an apology is kind of what it was, and maybe that, something do, do would come think, out of that. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think he he also wrote a comic book for Banky about their relationship, like about no. the about the about the gay sex they never had? But maybe Banky yeah. did. I, you know what? Like I, you know, like I, I mean, giving an apology to like a girlfriend that broke up with you, it's not. I don't know. I no, mean, yeah, it, I'm sorry. No, I don't. I don't see a problem with that. I don't see a problem with it, but it's not. A, it's a, it's a rare thing. I is without, it? without the intention, I feel like I, I feel, feel like he's I, a movie. I, I, if I, I mean, did, if I did, I feel a like, shit like it depends on the situation. If because if you're being, if you're being, if you were being a piece of shit, 
and basically making this woman feel kind of like an asshole for being a lesbian and having it passed. And you reflected on that later. Like, I don't think anybody would would, would think you're stupid for apologizing. I think that that actually yeah, be it, warranted. I guess. Okay. I guess I should say that I don't feel like his apology in this was genuine. Is genuine or I don't, I don't know. Like anything just, in this movie is genuine. I don't so. know. I, I don't know what's in the I comic. Think it's bad. But ben I can Affleck. I can only assume that the comic <laughs> bad flick. Here's the bad thing. Flick. The film, the comic is called Chasing Amy. The book is called the the, the movie is called Chasing Amy. Mm-hmm. As I understood it, the comic is exactly what happens in the movie Maybe. from our point of view. Yes. And if I'm watching Holden make a mistake and then reflecting on it and saying maybe I did make a mistake, then I assume that the comic also follows that line. Probably. Mm. That's how I've always seen Remember, it. Remember though, the last time he, good point. The last time he realized he made a mistake, he offered a threesome. <laughs> <laughs> He's not really good. At fucking Apologize. apologizing, <laughs> like you're right. Like people have a past, so you know what I need to do. I get my best friend to, to to help me boink my girlfriend. I need to fuck them all. Yeah, yeah. We we all need to bang together. Yeah. He's not really good at saying. You know saying what? Call I'm sorry. your exes. I need to fuck them too, so I can feel like we <laughs> really know each other well. Jesus. I don't know. That's this movie. Uh, uh, you know, there's like there's things I do enjoy about this movie too. Like you, you brought up. Uh, I mean, a while ago you brought up Jason Lee. I just want to touch on oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude has got a fucking him. charisma to him. I like him. He not, does. He has not, a delivery. Not, I always liked him. Not his best movie in in, in the Kevin Smith uh, universe. <laughs> but I I do want to say my favorite Jason Lee scene is when he's in the lesbian club. And then he finally puts it all together. And he just yes. smiles slowly. Slow claps at first. And then he looks around and figures it out. And then he slow claps again. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's even better now. Yeah. And I realize that I'm in the environment. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. He, I think, I, Jason Lee's great, man. Like, I think he's the strongest person in the movie. Yeah. he's he's He has a naturalness to him. He f- it feels like that's who that dude is. You know, unfortunately, he's a little bit harsh in this movie. Which... You know, he goes there, you know, on some of these things, some of the language he uses and all that. It's kind of like, I think whoa. That was, I think that but, was part of the PSA portion of this movie. What's that? Where it's like, you know, we know now, but it's like, hey, man, you can't talk like that. <laughs> you can't it's, call people names. It's 97, bro. <laughs> Get with it. Well, you really no, couldn't. He's, really he's always apologizing to be ta- calling for anybody Jason that ever. character. <laughs> yeah, I got old fast. Can we talk about the uh, Jay and Silent Bob's scene? Moment. moment? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think that was strong enough for me. Are you like, right? and I don't think Kevin Smith's delivery was very strong, mm-hmm. and I and I also don't think the story was really that impactful for me no. to be like, oh yeah, this is so eye opening. Like now my life is. You know changed. why? It's uh, because he literally force fed you the 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 plot of this film. No, the, literally <laughs> the not the, the yeah, moral the plot and the moral. Thank you. Yeah, the plot and the moral of the film. Oh it's yeah. Like, he literally just fed it to the audience. Yeah, but the the, the delivery, the everything. Yeah, I agree. This is this strong. is the worst. This is this is the worst showing of Jay and Sam Bob. Like, I, it's forgettable. Like, I don't. And it's supposed to be that turning point. I think you know for um, Ben Affleck's character, which we find out it's kind of really not. But it, yeah, but but I just think Kevin Smith's delivery. You know, I'm not trying to knock him too hard because I, I do think he's a talented director. But like his his acting in this, like, was 
I mean, I know it wasn't acting. It was just kind of delivering a story. But I I almost saw him stumble over lines in this. Like, oh, you couldn't have got a better When moment. he was interacting with Jason Mewes' character, I felt like that felt uh, that felt like forced or yeah. uncomfortable for in some way. Well, so. well, and also it's like, I think I feel like they went from Mall Rats where they had all these cool, like, this cool dialogue, like, snoochie boochies and blah, 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 and yeah. all this shit, right? And they, like, really tried to cram it into, like, a five-minute scene, like, as much of that as they could possibly get in there. He definitely tries to get yeah. the... He tries to capture the characters, but they're so... It, it, it's jarring because we're not ready for that, you know? Like, I think that's what it is. Yeah, dude. it's that weird. James and LeBlanc just, like, walk into a very... Yeah, it, we, literally go, like, it, we literally go from an argument outside of a, a hockey arena to... Yeah. to, to to Holden handing an envelope full of cash to to them as they walk in, it's just like, wait, what? Which also, yeah. by the way, can I can I say this? Like, I never really noticed it at that point, but I was kind of was like, are they insinuating that Holden tried to get away with never compensating them mm. for the comic, and they figured it out, and then they were like basically black, yes. like yeah. saying like, now isn't you that, fucking owe us, or else we're gonna sue you. Isn't that brought up in Jane and Bob Street back? Uh, no, James Allen Bob Sarkar, I, I remember them going to the house and him saying, you can't sell the rights to this movie without my say. And then he says, no, no, I can do whatever the fuck I want. They're going to make the film. The yeah. rights of the thing were like, whatever. But in this one, it seems like they come into the diner. Yeah, I get where you're coming and from. And then they say, would you... And then Holden makes a point where, like, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that you became an expert on, like, entertainment law or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I know <laughs> that you can't just fucking write a comic, basically, with yeah, yeah, our yeah. likeness and get away with it without fucking compensating yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that, like, that wow, is part of the dialogue, How dick so. is he? <laughs> I mean, yeah. if, if anybody's stealing the scene in that, it's Jason Mewes. Yeah, Jason Mewes, he, I think, is He's good. fucking yeah. funny in that scene, but I just feel like, yeah, I just was fell flat for me on that part. See, I thought Kevin Smith was fine in that part. I actually thought, like, Jason Mewes, I felt like I uh, would kind of, I don't know if Kyle was, this was, like, it felt like what? they were trying to, it was trying to cram all of Jason Mewes's, like, yeah character in a fucking five-minute scene where it's like you can't do that because it's literally going to be like, fuck this, fuck that, fuck, 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 and, you know, whatever yeah. else, where it just kind of all bleeds together and blends together. For me, at least it did. Where, and that's why I feel like I enjoyed I like I'm the not, Silent Bob thing. I'm the opposite, more. dude. I'm the opposite. I'm like Chris. I think I think Jesse Mewes was the stronger one. Well, I think Kevin Smith's character was just kind of Well, eh. I agree with both points. That's what I was saying. I said earlier that they did try to cram it all into one thing and make it this over-the-top Jay and Silent Bob type thing in a short amount of time. But I also think of the three actors in that scene, Jason Mewes is the most captivating for and me. Can I say something also about just in terms of the lore of the characters? and how it seems a little off-putting at first, is that if, if you're a fan of Jay and Silent Bob, um, like, so Jay, Jay is the one that is the talkative one who won't shut the fuck up, mm-hmm. and Silent Bob is exactly what his name suggests. He's silent, right? Well, this is like the film where Silent Bob talks the most. Yeah. I think he says something in Mallrats, right? He does... He says something in yes. every film. He says real something in every quick, film. quick, right, in every film, but it's always like a one-liner, real Dogma quick thing. Dogma is no ticket. Yeah, right, no ticket, right, because mm-hmm. it's Indiana Jones of the right. Last Crusade. This one, it, it seems a little weird because it's like, so Jay constantly bashes fucking Silent Bob and Silent Bob just kind of gives a look and like kind of complacently kind of puts his head down and just kind of this one it's like all of a sudden not only when Silent Bob talks he's constantly telling he's actually expressing exactly how he feels about Jay which is a fucking idiot right shut the fuck up you idiot which is shut the fuck up and I'm like sitting there thinking like like does your body physicality not suggest that when you're silent (laughs) 
Fuck. How come when you voice, like, yeah. now all of a sudden you have a voice well, and you have to say something, you're all of a sudden like, shut the fuck up. You always get us into trouble. My thing like, with it is, my, and it's kind of going along the lines of, your, of what you're saying. The thing, going back to, to the lore of the characters is, yeah, Silent Bob doesn't talk much, but he, he, sa- he says... A little, but mm-hmm. speaks a lot. It's 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 very impactful. So like in um, in Clerks, you know, his little thing is like, you know, doesn't that doesn't she bring you food? Like like yeah, it's very simple. It's like one or two sentences. Like she's pretty awesome. Like you know, type of thing. It's impactful. It says kind of what the character already sort of knew. But in this one, I think it feels weird to me because it's like it's not just something like simple. Like dude, like so what if she has a past? Everyone's got a past. And like that would have been like a perfect Silent Bob line, but instead it's this long fucking story, and it's a long-winded story that's just not. It's about as entertaining as this movie is. They had to make they had to make the title mean something. But I, I can I mean <laughs> yeah. I, I actually I don't know. Maybe I'm the only person here that doesn't hate the monologue. I don't hate the monologue. I kind of I, okay. right. I don't hate the monologue, but I don't like his delivery, and I don't think it's strong enough. See, I disagree with that. Like his delivery, I think it's I just, don't hate it either. I think it's just I don't hate it. It's either. the right Not my amount. Favorite. Of stuff. It's and the, his interaction with Jay is it feels very that part weird. I don't like. I That's agree. the part yeah, I was saying I yeah. don't like is like yeah. his interaction is like it's so weird. Like. I would agree with you is on that. that. What, is that what like what's going on That's in the back your of your head when you're constantly not... getting bashed? Like, yeah. is shut the fuck up, but you don't say anything. Yeah, like I don't know. What do you guys? Uh, what do you? Say? I think I think we should rate this man for Jam. I can't believe I we're not so. talking about the cinematography. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> there's a lot of hand. There's a lot of handheld going on. I mean, this is <laughs> a lot of a lot of mediums. I, I, I will say this oh. about the um about the technical stuff for this for for t- uh, two thousand uh, or two hundred seven. What ninety seven? No, 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 no. For two hundred fifty k. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a low budget. That's a low budget. <laughs> yeah. Really well, all the films for at first were very low budget. And I, I think he did a, he, he did the best he could with that budget. Uh, there was actually one other scene that I want to talk about that actually bothered me. Um, so there's a scene where Alyssa's on the phone and she's in a Toronto Maple Leafs uh, jersey, mm-hmm. like a hockey jersey, which is a very Kevin Smith yeah. thing to do, right? He's yeah. a hockey fan. We all understand that. But like when she goes to the hockey game, they do the cutesy girl doesn't understand fucking sports routine. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah. I'm just going to root for the team that's the away team because I don't really understand the sports team. Just like team. screaming and, like, random yeah. shit and out. And I'm just like... kind of like, wait a second, you have like a jersey? You spent like $500 on a jersey, but like. <laughs> Like you don't know why you're there. You don't understand the sport. Like, yeah. you're like, you, this is not. I just thought that was kind of a weird thing. It would have been more interesting to me if Alyssa actually was a hockey fan and, yeah, and Holden, who totally didn't seem like a fucking sports fan, had no fucking idea what was going on. <laughs> I, did, I did also like that scene, though, when she's like, she kind of fucking yells about the whole situation about finger cuffs. And like the whole fucking that seems pretty funny. The whole like and then I just sucked stop. his dick. Well, like, fuck it, he fucked me in the. <laughs> well, that that's definitely like it feels like that whole like one turns to suck any dick on the way to the parking lot like yeah. kind of moment. <laughs> yeah, you know? like yeah, I like that he has those moments. He he can he can do some pretty funny shit. Like there was a few times where I actually did laugh, you know, in this yeah. film. So no, I agree. There's there's definitely that. What do you say we rate this man with Jammer? Now How many right. finger cuffs are we rating it, Cody? We are going to rate it, actually, uh, Sega Genesis uh, NHL 97 cartridges. We're not waiting for uh, Swingers before we do that? Isn't it the same fucking game that he's playing? <laughs> Can we know. just talk about that? Is that the same 
game? I it's got to be. This movie came out in '97, so I'm thinking it's going to be NHL '97 on Sega Genesis. It's always Sega Genesis that, that they're. Playing. I actually thought they just took B-roll from Swingers and or other other way gonna... around and just said. All no, right, he's playing. He's playing NHL in uh, Mallrats also. I think he's playing NHL '95 on okay. Sega Genesis. All right, I just didn't. I... They're not going to do Chinese Finger Trap. No. <laughs> he's going to do Sega Genesis. Uh, yeah, that's like a weird thing to Video game cartridge. Sega Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> Makes hey, it's sense. his choice. You can do whatever Makes you want. Sense. Yeah, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's what I pick. <laughs> I didn't even know that was huh? a thing in this movie. Why don't you yeah, I, I totally forgot about this. Hey, <laughs> like, almost entirely. I, I remember it. I just remember it as just kind of being, like, waiting for... I just... Oh, no, Wayne Gretzky's no. head is bleeding on the ground. <laughs> so I, just, I, I just remember him, uh, Jason, hey, Jason Lee's character, playing it your and movie. fucking... In It's your funeral, guy. Movie. All right, Chris, how many fucking Sega Genesis cartridges are you going to give it? <laughs> huh? How, ma- how many of the first? thing that you hate? Oh, I get to go first? Yeah, okay. why don't you go fucking first? Because you're goddamn attitude tonight, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'll give this movie a two. Um, I'm not really a big fan of this movie, but I do see some... There are some things I like about it. Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm a Kevin Smith fan, but I do appreciate a lot of the films that he's made and enjoy them quite a bit. I love Mallrats, Clerks... Red State, like, you know, but this, like, you know, it kind of in order of how they were coming out, like, is sort of my love for his films, at least in the universe or whatever the hell we're talking about. I don't like Dogma very much. This film, it just <laughs> felt too heavy-handed. I got that in there. Yeah. <laughs> too heavy-handed, man. Like, this, the the just the droning on about whatever, uh, you know, and the, the ignorance when it comes to, like, sexuality was just really like bizarre to me and i you know i had to try to say okay it was 97 but come on man like yeah 30 year olds i mean like they're not having these kind of like and maybe they are having these kind of fights but it just felt very immature i didn't really think the leads were very strong um i thought the supporting characters were all much more enjoyable than joey lauren adams and ben affleck um and i don't really know why this movie was a big deal maybe because of the subject matter that he was tackling and the fact that it was more of a drama than it was a comedy but this isn't uh, at the top of my list for Kevin Smith films. I, you know, I, I remember not liking it very much when I first saw it, and now seeing it more analytically, I can see why I didn't like it. It's kind of boring. So I'm giving it two Sega Genesis cartridges, NFL 20, what was it? NFL NHL 97? With 20? NHL 97. <laughs> NHL 97, okay. All right, Mike? Yeah, I'm going to give this one two as well. So I went into this. I think similar to maybe how you might have been, Cody, is always thinking that like this was Kevin Smith's like most well done film, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. and and t- on some levels, I can understand if that's still like an opinion that people hold. <laughs> maybe only because it has like a very cohesive like plot, you know? Like, okay, there's a girl, and, like you can follow the storyline, right? You can follow it, but. I really do think that this is probably his most, the film that has aged the worst, the worst out of all of his films. Like I can, like, like, like Kyle said at the top of the show, Clerks, like, yeah, I feel like that's a timeless film because there's always going to be mundane, you know, jobs that you have to do. And just because it took place in the 90s, like I can still kind of follow that, right? Like, I don't know, man. Like I feel like even Jersey Girl is now a better film than this at this, at this point in time. Like it because simply because that's a film that I can relate to, you know, it's like a guy, you know, with a daughter and and he's a widower and, you know, he's trying to reconnect with his daughter and his father's involved. Like that seems like something where I'm like, okay, it's, it's, it's the type of topic that Kevin Smith knows a little bit more about being, you know, but this, 
it just seems so fucking tone deaf nowadays. It's a tone deaf film about like homosexuality and gender norms and like it just doesn't make any sense and there's too much of it that really just is cringeworthy at this point where like Kyle said sounds like a white straight dude like like well let me tell you about lesbians and how that works like (laughs) it sounds like that it sounds fucking terrible so I mean I can't go past it too, and you know, and I, I definitely have changed my mind. And and I want to say I am unlike like Chris said he wasn't a fan. I am a fan of Chris, Kevin Smith films. I fucking love his films, and I actually like you, maybe Cody, also thought this is one of the films that I fucking loved, and I would always love. And now I'm reading, watching it with an eye of this, like ugh, maybe, man, maybe it's at the bottom of the pile now. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> yeah, apologies, but like it's just not, it's not working for me anymore. God damn. Oh man. Kyle? <laughs> How do I follow that up? I'm going to follow it up by uh, being right on, right in line with um, Chris and Mike. I'm giving it two. Um, you know, the first time I saw this movie, I, I didn't find it the most enjoyable. The reason I didn't find it the most enjoyable at the time was because I thought the only thing I took away from it was the aspect of how slow and kind of boring this movie is. Um, this time around, uh, it's kind of funny. This time around, I, I, I'm, I'm obviously older and much, much wiser, so I can see the storyline and the topics that Kevin Smith's attempting to tackle. But it actually, just made the movie a little bit worse for me because not only did I think the film originally was kind of slow, kind of boring, and edited poorly, I actually thought now, like now, there's this whole element where it's this this commentary on on, on homosexuality. And and it's so wrong and off. It's just like, to quote myself, to quote Mike quoting me, yes, it feels like a white straight person writing it, and it just comes off really bad. Um, there are some small nuggets of dialogue that I think are written well. I mean, there are little lines that I think are great, but overall this movie is just, man, bottom, definitely bottom of Kevin Smith films for me. Absolutely. This is the last, this is at the very bottom. The bottom of everything. <laughs> Kevin Smith's Casey Amy. Maybe Jersey Girls above it. I don't well, know. I don't I know. I would put like Clerks, Clerks too above this. I like Co- Rosario Dawson. But like Cop uh, Out, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't cop know. Outs, but oh yeah, so, so like, you know, it gets a two because I do have some respect for Kevin Smith as a director. I think Red State's fantastic and he had a lot of other good movies. So, uh, yeah, there you go. I will be right there with you guys at a two. Um, I think Kevin, for all intents and purposes, uh, Kevin Hart or Kevin Hart, Kevin Smith, Kevin Hart, Kevin, though, Kevin Hart <laughs> on point. It would have been this movie would have been a lot better if Kevin Hart was. <laughs> I would. I'd watch it again. No, uh, Kevin Smith's heart was in the right place when making this film, but I cannot disagree that this film ages fucking. Terribly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, it in some points is cringe worthy. When the points that it does work and it has like those hints of later Kevin Smith films that will come out, um, it's good. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a good film and you can see, uh, you know, him as a filmmaker progressing there. Uh, but definitely, like, I think he was trying to tackle a topic that was a little bit too big for him at this stage in his career. Yeah, you I know mean, what I mean. Or like, it, I don't know, man. Sometimes it's like anybody's career. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, exactly. Like, so I don't know. It, it's 
there's things I like about this film. There's other films that I like of Kevin Smith a lot, lot more. Um, you know, we touched one of those, and that's Clerks. Like, I think that's. I mean, that film is gonna. That film is going to send the test of time, and I think that does say something about him as a director. So, you know, where this may not be all of our favorite films, and you're right. I did think like this was when I was younger. I remember being like, yeah, that's just like his most artistic film because it, you know. T- tackles the subject matter it was personal well. I think people yeah. just yeah. like told you that like personal. i don't think that like i no, don't I think it that. ever was <laughs> like i, I mean it, that. It, it, reviewed even this has an 88 on rotten really yes. oh my god like that's i a, mean the, it's not just us that saw this film as being like the funny you thing know. is like as a young person like like me when i was young and i was discovering kevin smith's like library of films like i knew absolutely fucking nothing about this movie because and at the time, there wasn't a whole lot of places I could go to read about or hear about films, read about reviews and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure it was like somebody I knew was just like, oh, he also did Chasing Amy. And I was like, oh, that's well, a Kevin Smith movie? I'll enjoy that. Can we go around and say what was Did the... he finish his review? Yeah, two. he said it too. Yeah. Okay, cool. What was your, Kyle, what was your first Kevin Smith film that you saw? Uh, Mall Rats. What was your first film? Got a great story for this. Actually, it was Clerks, and we returned it because there was something wrong with the tape. It was in black and white. (laughs) (laughs) You really wait? I'm not shitting you. That's a real story. Like when you worked at Hollywood Video? No, 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 no. Oh, so uh, you didn't realize? So uh, when I grew up, there was a blockbuster that we could walk to. Uh, My friend's older brother had rented this film. Uh huh. So, like, you know what I mean? We were like, yeah, yeah, let's watch it. Because, you know, it was like... Or uh, rented clerks, I'm sorry. Because we're like, yeah, yeah, let's watch yeah, it. Like, well, that's backwoods what the, fucking place that that's you what live. The, that's what the... Missouri. That's what the... <laughs> That's what the uh, that's what the older kids are watching. Like, what are they watching, you know? Ha, yeah. ha, like, let's see what it's about. And then we put it in, and it was like, this film's in fucking black and white. There's something wrong with it. <laughs> VCR? Like, what's wrong with this? <laughs> Not because it, you know, it's a new film. It's not supposed to be in black right. and white. Yeah, yeah. that's like, funny. Wah. That's funny. Yeah, I was in like grade school, man. I was probably in like fifth or sixth grade at the time. You Mike, know? what was your first Kevin Smith? Oh, it was Clerks. Clerks? I mean, like, yeah, because I, I mean, when did Clerks come out? Ninety four. That came out ninety four. Yeah, ninety four. Ninety four. Was what? I think. Um, I don't know now. Did you? My first film was Mallrats. Yours was and. Back to, and then and backtracked to Clerks and right. then saw Chasing Amy and I think at the time I was disappointed because I thought Mallrats was so funny yeah and Clerks was a really good funny film mm-hmm. like that when I got to Chasing Amy I was like this you know what just I, isn't yeah. like, you know what's funny is I think the way that I went it was very similar because I went Mallrats back to Clerks and then um, I didn't watch Chasing Amy I I ended up just chilling out and then I came back with Dogma. Yeah. And then I went back to Chasing Amy. Yeah. But I agree. Yeah. It, it, if you if you start Kevin Smith's career with Chasing Amy, I don't know. I that don't would know. be an interesting experiment. Would that be, a, would that be the <laughs> a wrong way to go? Because you'd be like, oh, this is a really poignant director. And you're like, oh, he's making fart jokes. <laughs> this chick has three nipples in this scene. Like, I don't know. I don't know if there's a good way. This is just the odd bird of his fucking collection. I think, I, yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, so going back to it, yeah, Clerks 94. Yeah. That that was the first film I saw. I think Chasing Amy was the second, and I think I went back to Mallrats. Mm. Because I think if I remember correctly, Mallrats... I had gotten whiffed that Mallrats was not a good, like, that people were saying it wasn't good or something like mm. that, and I, I think I just didn't go see it. I mean, I, I understand why he made Chasing Amy. I feel like Clerks has a lot of heart. Like, I mean, it's to this day, like, again, I feel like a very timeless film. Um, 
Mallrats is more slapsticky. Yeah. yeah right? For sure. Like it's a big joke and stuff like that. And I feel like he went back to it with Chasing Amy, like, well, we make a heartfelt film. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing about it is, like, now looking back on it, like, I I like Dogman, Jane, Silent Bob more than I like Chasing Amy or Mall Rats, for that matter. Yeah. I mean, forever it's going to be Clerks for me. Yeah. Because, I like, when I was, like, just doing, like, like, even learning about film and, like, going to film school and stuff like that, Clerks was one of the films that I watched a lot of and just kept listening to, like, the documentary or the the yeah. uh, the commentary. Because this was a time, t- again, this film. was a time when it felt like indie filmmakers were really, like, coming up with some fresh ideas and they were kind of taking over, like, the prestigious film festivals and Kevin Smith was one of those guys that kind of came up in that, you know, film festival era, the golden age, I would even say, of film festivals. Of, oh, like, indie, yeah, Yeah, of indie films and yeah. stuff like that. And, like, you know, Clerks was an important film because it was made on such a low budget and because it was Although so I well will written. say, it's, I've always been weirded out that, like, El Mariachi and Slacker were made for, like, $7,000 and this film was made for, or Clerks was made for, like, $30,000. Yeah. I've always wondered where $30,000 goes. In Clerks. I mean, it probably took a long time to finish it because of the location. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. say, like, getting a convenience store to let you... The quick stop? Like, that's a real quick stop. No, like, I know, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've always wondered it, though. And I actually do like Clerks, too. I actually think it's pretty... See, I don't think Clerks so. 2 holds up from what I like from what I remember. I I'll couldn't, I couldn't it. finish it. I, I don't know why. It just wasn't landing for like, me. Like, Pillow Pants isn't funny to me anymore. <laughs> what? Pillow pants. Pillow pants. Not funny to me anyway. It's funny to Chris. <laughs> I think Clearly. it's more funny when you say it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just thought. Uh, does don't everybody know. have a. F- well, since we brought it up at the beginning of the show, does everybody. Who's, what's your favorite Kevin Smith film? I already said mine was Clerk. Mine's Clerk. <laughs> I would like to go back and revisit it. But I wish we had picked that one. <laughs> Can I be honest with you? I yeah. think I think Clerks is probably yeah. It, I would have to say my favorite. I but Mallrats has a special place okay. in my heart. Right. It really does. Mallrats yeah. would be probably my number two because I do have a special place in that heart, my heart for that too. But yeah, oh, I'd oh, probably I'd probably say Mallrats. Yeah, I it's think Clerks would be number two, movie. and then I'd probably say Red State's number yeah. three. I feel like it's Clerks, Reds. No, no, no. I would say it would say Clerks, Jay and Silent Bob, then Dogma, then Red State. Yeah. Jane by Silent Bob is somewhere in there. For I me really too. like those two films. That, I mean, I didn't like that, it. That, that, Jane Silent Bob is like total fan service. It is. That's, it it is. is. And yeah. I, well, that's what I like about it. I, don't I like, like his universe. Kind of I don't know. I like his universe, I man. I think that's really funny. And I think Jane Silent Bob are fucking hysterical characters. I do like those characters. Yeah. I do. I do agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when they started getting really Jane Silent Bob over the top, that's when it was kind of getting killed for me a little ah, bit. See, I wish they would do another movie like that. But I feel like. They're both too old now, I feel like. Yeah, he's already done with it too. He's doing all yeah. different thing. If he if he's not if he's even going to continue making I'm, films, yeah, I don't really know. No, yeah, he. I he mean, will. he is. He's doing like he's funding. I think most of his films himself. Yeah, he's had like, like a heart attack. Yeah, man. he'll get back to it. I hope so. I I think he will. And like I I'm pretty impressed with what he's doing now. He kind of ditched the Hollywood system, said I'm going to do my own thing, and is making these low budget films that are, you know, actually doing stuff. So that's like that's good, man. It's kind of like I, went back to where he started. Well, I think there's a lot of freedom in that. Oh, I agree. You know, which is what he really probably wanted was like the the ability to create whatever the fuck he wanted, not have to like be following people's rules yeah. and shit like that, which is if you think about it, I mean, that's what Clerks was. So, yeah. you know. And then what is he he's got one of the biggest podcasts out there too, so he's Yeah, he's built an entire I mean, he's built an entire empire. Empire like, of podcasts and they're very funny. I I I mean, part of the influence. You compared this... us. You compared us to them. 
I, I think no, no. But <laughs> in I, comedy chops. I tell you right now that when me and, me and Cody were talking about the idea of making a podcast to begin with, like I think we were talking about at least his formula. Yeah, him and Chris Hardwick. I think we're just Pretty like much, yeah, just how because I mean uh, the, I don't know. I think he's also kind of an inspirational filmmaker. He too. is. He is. I he, think he's he, a very inf- inspirational he, filmmaker. He will go down in history as an important filmmaker. I know yeah. that for sure. Like I mean, he might not be like making the most like deep dramatic films, but he did something a lot. Of people well, he's kind of doing. like a and he's kind of like a pipe. Pop culture icon yes. at this point. Well, that's his whole shtick, yeah. man. Is pop he's culture? Like, he, he's like yeah. we, we've talked about on the show several times. He's a cult film director. He's <laughs> he's a cult director. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that as well. Mm. That is the end of the show this week. Before we go, though, let's give a shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Turns out with, uh, some, through some investigation, mm. because I said we had one the beginning at the beginning of the show. Right. We actually have two. Who wants to go first? I can go first. I've start, already kind of started. All right, um, this is labeled Your Cult is Second to None, and Haja Al gives us five stars. So uh, it says, I've been listening to you guys for a couple of years now and always enjoyed your reviews and have started watching your YouTube channel. Keep it up and review Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Five stars from Haja Al. Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny from 1972. Boom. Go. Never Boom. heard of it. Me Love either. It. Santa and the Ice Cream Buddy, by the way, if anybody's interested, IMDB throws a score out of a 1.3 out of 10. Well, it's right up our alley. Woo! Directed by Barry Mahoon. Also right up our alley. (laughs) Also right up our alley. Up the Mahoon. (laughs) Thank you very, very much for leaving us that five-star review. Is it on Blu-ray? They're helping us climb the charts right now. (laughs) Those mythical charts are back. Mike, you want to read yours? I am ready. Uh, this review, it's a five-star review from Toothless Doofus <laughs> Rufus. <laughs> and his, his, uh, his uh, the subtitle is When the Last Eagle Soars. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Toothless Rufus Doofus? Yeah. Oh Toothless God. Doofus Rufus. It's Toothless so far the best Rufus. title of a review. I love it. All right. So, uh, yeah, five-star review. Came across this podcast two days ago when I listened to them poop all over the wonderfully fantastic Last <laughs> Unicorn. We did. We did pooped. we poop on it hard? We pooped, we pooped a little bit on it. it I feel like, like... We unicorn. It was like unicorn poop. It was like yeah. Jack in the Box the night before. Or Maybe. Like uh, salad. I feel like we bash. just. I feel like we probably just took the biggest dump we've ever taken on a film with Jason <laughs> Avery. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. No, that no. changes tonight. Uh... But their breakdowns are well thought out, and their friendly banter is very entertaining. So I'm working my way through their back catalog, at least of movies I've seen. Great stuff. Yes. Back catalog available to everyone. Uh, Everyone. I love, love, can I just say? Yeah. I love when the fans say that they like our our banter seems friendly. That tells me that I am not gone far far enough. Oh, oh, oh! The, the the threshold has not been reached. No, it's not. No, <laughs> I'm glad because it, it, grow. Re- it reiterates how room. well of a of There's an actor I, I am. <laughs> that I'm good at pretending. Or I or it illustrates that I am a great editor. Yeah, yeah. We sound like friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much for leaving those reviews. Remember, if you leave us a review, we'll give you a shout out at the end of the show. Like Chris said, our back catalog too is available on iTunes or on the website. Yeah, or on the website, Everything. or on the catalog. 
Or on the catalog. <laughs> Every embarrassing episode we've ever done. We're putting out a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> it's all of us in sexy poses. Sexy with some Santa. of our best 12 episodes. Oh, we should put out like a, we should do, oh, we should do like a, uh, 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 what's the calendar you do for Christmas? Advent calendar? We should have an advent calendar. <laughs> like a 25 days of cold Tw- film 20, review. Yeah. <laughs> we should put out, we should sell it. And each door you open, it's like a movie poster. A little <laughs> oh, mini I movie love poster. It. I love it. That's a big, <laughs> such a big undertaking. Like, you open it up, it's just, the baboon's just ass go down, from Phenomenon. Go down, I'm sure on Amazon there's a purveyor that just makes advent calendars and we'll customize <laughs> them at any time. We say we just Look, want 25 not, Oh, I episodes. wonder if we can get somebody to do, like, some chocolate. Chocolates with, like, movie, yeah. movie icons. Oh, my God, rating box icon. Advent calendar. Somebody make it. Rating box. And whatever's in there, however many chocolates are in there, is like how many we well, rated it's it. Like collectively. One, it's clearly one chocolate because it's an advent calendar. Chris. Yeah, you can't have more than two. Let's do like little mini chocolate chips yeah. or something. Let me get, let me get an 80 pound advent making? calendar so <laughs> I can get yeah. five each. What are you making? You're fucking the me matrix like, of advent calendars? <laughs> <laughs> like it's like you just keep taking a chocolate and there's just one more behind it every time. It's like a Pez. It's like a Pez dispenser. I like when it feels unlimited. <laughs> Doesn't everyone? Cody, call We're, Godiva. Yeah, call. Just let him know that we're really in it. And if we can't get them, get Lind. Garadelli, sure. bro. Sorry, I got a little excited about Garadelli. Yeah, you got really excited about uh, that. You know what? I'm on I'm on Team Garadelli. <laughs> All right, Team Garadelli. Team Garadelli. Garadelli, right, it is. Remember uh, to follow us on social media at cultfilm underscore review on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow us on Facebook. Uh, you can follow Kyle. Ah! You can follow me on Instagram at coltfilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at coltfilm underscore Chris or Family Horror Time on Instagram. Oh, I like that you were keeping it a secret. I hate that this just happened. Oh, why? what is it? Why? What are you doing? You're doing a new thing? Yeah, I, I do. Know. I do a thing now. What's be, it called? Be mysterious. It's called Family Horror Time. It's on Instagram. You yeah. know, those I'm great- not going to say what it is. Just look it up. No, I understand. I've seen it on the I'll cold cut all review. No, I'm just gonna. Instagram. I'm saying that you know. Whatever. It's really funny. Go I like it, it. You should go check it out, everybody. You can follow my cat at blogger.com. <laughs> <laughs> at, at friendlyneighborhoodfilmmaking.com. Yeah. Don't go there. Um, you can find there. me at Mike Salistio on Twitter, and you can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram and on Snapchat. Can I? Can I just have a? Can I make a comment really quick? You know what the problem with your your blog was? Mike, <laughs> a lot, a lot Where was wrong with going? it. A lot was wrong with it. <laughs> you know what the problem was? The title you chose. What? The title you chose. Yeah, neighbors. Had I to just spell. had a hard time spelling neighborhood. Yeah. Can I like, Na- be honest? With you? Even I had a hard time. Neighbors yeah. a hard. I'm word surprised to spell. you got the the correct spelled URL. When he purchased it, like he didn't make a spelling error. Oh yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's I before he except after C except. In the weird in neighborhood Except in or a few words yeah. like, <laughs> You know how I always remember it? I think of the horse Nay And boar It's still hood. happening, Cody Neighborhood <laughs> Neighborhood Remember, if you're gonna join a cult Just make sure they watch good movies We'll see you next time <laughs>